You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome to I'll Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on George Urban Boulevard. Sabres with a huge two points in the standings, huge win tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning, 6-5 off. Known clutch goal scorer, Ilya Labushkin's breakaway shorthanded in overtime. Absolute snipe, low glove side. Uh, A very off night for, you know, the probably the best goalie in the world, either him or Igor Shosterskin, uh, Ilya uh, Vasilevsky, and uh, not Ilya, I mean, sorry, Vasilevsky. And, uh, you know, again, huge two points for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, here in the standings after a really, really depressing 6-3 loss against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I am joined by Connor Hurley from Two Goalies on Mike. Connor, how the hell are you? I'm better now. I was very nervous. I think all of uh, all Sabres fans were, especially after. I mean, as soon as the Sabres went up 5-3, I had a really bad feeling. Uh, there was too much time left. I think yeah. five, five minutes is too much time with this team sometimes. Um, but... As you said it, Ilya Labushkin, as soon as he made that play, even as he was skating up the ice, I had no expectations of him even getting a shot on goal, no less uh, scoring an absolute beauty against likely a top three goalie in the in the league uh, and the world. So, yeah, it's just an unbelievable win for the Sabres. Uh, they needed it in the worst way, as you said, as a after a horribly depressing loss on Tuesday. They don't they don't know how to play at home still, but they sure as hell know how to play on the road, and they showed it again tonight. It was, it's, it was unbelievable. it's an anomaly. I don't know, man. I, I don't know what they got to do about the uh, about how they play at home, but for whatever reason on the road, man, they just they find way to score goals. However, uh, I still believe that no two goal lead is safe for the Buffalo Sabers. They blew two two goal leads today. I believe it was two, twice, correct? 3-1. I think it was uh I think it was 3-1 and, and then 3-1 and then uh 4-2. It was 5-3 at one point, I know for oh, sure. So three two goalies. They blew yeah. three two goalies. Okay, well, regardless. Um but yeah, it's um you know, it's something that they have to figure out, especially going into a long stretch. Uh this this stretch here where you're gonna be playing a lot of home games. You have a lot of games in hand, and you got to figure out a way to win in your own building. And normally it's the opposite, right? Like normally you have trouble on the, on the road, at least for most teams, uh, not this much trouble, uh, especially with the amount of goals that they've scored this season, uh, where they sit uh, in the standings for goals scored. Uh, you, you would think that at home that would, you know, the record would be better, but it's not. No, it's, it's a crisis of confidence. I think um, as, as we've discussed, the fan base isn't fully back yet. I think nights like tonight go a long way. I really do. You see yeah. an absolute superstar getting his fourth hat trick of the season 
in Tage Thompson. 39 goals. 40 is probably coming tomorrow night, the way that the Sabres play on the road. He's absolutely going to get 50, the pace that he's on. Yes. Um, Darlene gets his 61st point of the season. There's two legitimate bona fide superstars on this team with a lot of very good pieces behind them. Um, they are, I think, a step ahead of, of where everyone thought they would be at this point in the season. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the silver lining in all of this. As frustrating as they are sometimes, as bad as the defensive coverage is, as pretty below average as the goalies are. I'm a goalie apologist. I have been and I always will be, but Comrie wasn't great tonight. Um, he was not, no. He wasn't great and he hasn't. He's good enough, but not great. Yeah, I mean, we, we can get into overtime. He made some unbelievably clutch saves to to make it possible for the Sabres to win. Um, Correct. But there are a lot of redeeming qualities and exciting aspects to this team, and they were all on display tonight. It, it was truly amazing to watch. It was. You know, for me, too, uh, um, I mean, what, what – how – like, what – I need a, a full-on thesaurus to figure out how to explain Tage Thompson's play, like these goals that he scores, just how he uses his reach. I mean, Marty Baron did a good breakdown of that breakaway that he had uh, off, the, off the Skinner pass where he literally just used his reach to open things up on that glove side on Vasilevsky, who's one of the bigger goaltenders in the, in, the, in the National Hockey League, who honestly, in my opinion, he's probably the hardest goaltender to beat on his glove side uh, in the National Hockey League. And he uses size to push uh, – you know, to, to, to keep Vasilevsky a little bit more further over on his blocker side, open that up and just right, right through his glove side. And, um, and I, I was saying too, especially when we were blowing those leads, like you score five goals on, on Vasilevsky, you have to win. You have to win. Needed it. And as a guy that is not going to give you many, many games like that, if really any at all. And he had a worse night tonight than Comrie hands down he did and yeah. um you have to take advantage of those games you know especially coming off such a brutal a brutal loss against the maple leaves a division game uh a game that a lot of fans that i thought at least I, a lot of fans i thought that were ready ready to support the team and you know i took a little heat for blaming the fans for that loss even though that's not what i did uh you need me to drop you need me to drop the gloves for you i will yeah, I know, right? Like, Let me get into like, these Twitter like, streets. Let me get into like, these Twitter not, streets. Not, not to get off topic, but I'm sick and tired of seeing our bar being full of Leafs fans. And if there was ever a team to get out there and support, it's this one. It's this one. And, yeah, maybe a lot of Leafs fans are buying their tickets from the box office. Well, you have equal opportunity to buy those tickets as well. Um, and you also knew full well the, the importance of this game. There were plenty of tickets left available online. There were plenty of tickets available left. Uh, in the 300s at a reasonable price, you know, I, I, had I not gotten COVID, I, I would have been there. Um, but you know, with that being said, get out there and support this hockey team when they come back home, like start filling that building, give them the support because it is known when they play, when they play in front of a sellout crowd, they have a winning record. I mean, you want to get superstitious. I know us goalies are, but start selling out that building and help, help this home record, you know, fans, Fans do help. They do. Like the players have even admitted it. Playing in front of electric crowds, like on RJ night last year, Ryan Miller night this year, like it does help to have that type of a fan support at the game. So, not not to get on the fans' case, but like let's get start getting to these home games, and start supporting this team. 
Yeah, Sunday, uh, I think Sunday matinee, I'm already scared. I'm already yeah. nervous. I hate the matinee games. I feel like yeah, we so always come out incredibly slow. The juice isn't always there from the, from the puck drop. Uh, it's against the Capitals, who I think have lost six straight um, at this point. Yeah, They are rolling down the hill. Um, obviously, tough circumstances with Ovechkin gone for a couple of weeks. Uh, they just traded uh, Dimitri Orlov and Garnet Hathaway to the Bruins. Yeah. Um, I think the Penguins potentially could be sellers too. And now, as we've been talking about, like the Sabres, like, Four points out, six points out, but they have five or six games in hand. Now the Sabres are two points out from the last spot, which is now held by the Detroit Red Wings, um, who have one more game played than the Sabres. So right. I think – so back-to-back tomorrow night against against the Panthers, um, Sunday at home against the Capitals. Eventually this is going to even out. Uh, these teams are going to start to come closer and closer with the amount of games played, and we're not going to be able to use – the games in hand. Um, so I guess, I mean, even, even more so the two points tonight, that extra point was absolutely massive. Um, Detroit is a very similarly built team to the Sabres. They're on a very similar path in their rebuild and they will be as hungry as any team and their fan bases to, to do the exact same thing that we're doing. Um, so to not overstate it any more than we already have, but to get a win tonight, given the circumstances was just absolutely crucial. Yeah. Um, as of right now, I believe if Florida loses tomorrow, I, be, I believe the Sabres will actually officially, you know, well, the Sabres play Florida. I mean, sorry. Yeah. If we, I'm sorry. We got COVID brain. If we <laughs> beat Florida tomorrow, um, if we, if we beat Florida tomorrow, uh, we are officially in a playoff spot since the teams above us don't have games. Oh my gosh. For the first time, I mean, for the first time this season, but the first time in a long time, the Sabres could could actually be in a playoff spot. Which For the first time in the 21st century, I, uh, I I wouldn't even know how to react, like theoretically, if that were to happen tomorrow night. Um, but that's what a win like this puts you in a position to do um, against a two-time Cup champion, three straight Finals appearances. It's essentially the same team that they that they've had. I don't think Vasilevsky has been completely himself this season, at least recently. Uh, oh, they man. lost to the Panthers seven to I think seven to one recently, and he gave up all seven. Came back next time and got a shutout, but yeah, he didn't look like himself tonight. But that he's one of he, Vasilevsky is one of the best bounce back goalies in the league. Like, yeah, he's he has a rough game. Though, I, there was a number last year they talked about a lot in the playoffs that after a loss, his record was like eighteen and zero or something stupid like that. Yeah. Like his, 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 his record after any loss, it's almost a guaranteed W for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So yeah, thankfully we're not going playing a back-to-back against them. The mental fortitude is, is insane. Um, right. if we want to get into, get in our goalies. I, I, we can, we can, we can do it. Um, it's not good. It's definitely no. not good. Um, I think that a lot of fans, and media members are very, very, very quick to jump on. We need a save. We need a save. We need a save. Yes. When the coverage is mostly abysmal. Um, yeah, defense, our defensive zone awareness. It's fucking the defensive off. awareness and responsibility is just as bad as the goaltending. But I, 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 like a lot of people have mentioned, sometimes you need the goalie, especially in the first period the other night against the Leafs, when we were just getting absolutely railroaded. You sometimes need the goalie to make a save. And goalies, obviously that's – that's our job. We need to make the save as much as we possibly can. But sometimes it's physically impossible. With Comrie tonight, 
I think there were a few instances where he was a little bit slow to react. Uh, there were a couple bad bounces. I mean, Stamkos goal, it's a really good shot from a world-class player. Um, yeah. Of course, on a two-on-one, the defenseman is going to let the goalie take that shot every yeah. single time. But at the end of the day, like you want to save that. That's a guy you want to save it, but it's a guy with one of the best wrist shots in the world. So I don't. Yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not I guess, over it. I'm not. I'm. I'm in the same boat as you. I want to save there, but not. I mean, not many other goalies are making that save either. No. I mean, I, 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 Connor Hellebuck makes the save. <laughs> uh, Shesterkin makes it. Saro, Sorokin. Yeah, a small um, handful of goalies stop that shot. Yeah, but we clearly don't have that, and we're not going to have that for a while. So, thankfully, the best part about this team is that we have Tage Thompson, who can score a goal and respond to – he responded, I think, to two lightning goals very quickly tonight at a moment's notice. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know I don't know what the solution is. We've talked about that, Tredemko, of the Canucks a lot, if, if they're actually willing to move him. I don't know of any other viable option at the trade deadline at this point. Um but I'm not sure if Kevin looks at the game tonight and he thinks like we have three goalies and I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily sure which one I would start in game one of a playoff series. So I don't know. I mean, maybe tonight's maybe tonight's an indication of a larger issue and he goes out there and makes a couple calls and makes that final push. I wouldn't be mad at it. No, I, I neither would I. Um... I think you would have to be a little more comfortably in a play, not comfortably in a playoff spot, but feel really good about your chances at making the playoffs to go make that deal. Yeah. Um, if I, if the playoffs started tomorrow and the Sabres from the playoffs, I'm starting Craig Anderson game one. He's the only guy. You might, have to. You might have to give and, given, given his, his, his experience and yeah. his mental fortitude. I, I feel like, gosh, I feel like you might have to, but who knows what's going to happen in the next 26 games either. Um, UPL got hot for a stretch, and then you've cool seen off. you've seen games like the Flames and, and the Leafs, where a better team just gets a hold of us in the first five minutes, and then it's over. If you lose that confidence as a goalie, like you're yeah. you're absolutely toast. And, and that's and that's the that, that's the the one way to really know the story of a goaltender is a how he reacts to letting a bad goal or having a bad game, and b just. Uh, like how, like how I, you watching him against, against the Leafs, you could tell he was really rattled from the jump for obvious reasons. It was up four nothing after the first period, but he was playing deep. Like, I, I understand he's a goaltender. It really relies a lot on his flexibility and athleticism, but he was playing deep in his blue, blue paint on a couple of those goals. It's just like, use your size, man. Like, you know, we, we, we go back to that bean pot victory that shootout with Devin Levi and how far he came out of his net. I'm just not saying that's less. He's got to be outside near the faceoff dot, but he needs to find a way to use every bit of his frame to cover as much net as he can. And when he got rattled, man, he was not doing that. And um, he, you know, he pretty much pissed down his leg that game. You know, yeah. I personally thought that Granado should have tried did, did everything he could to call it at timeout after the second goal, especially when they were really starting to pick up the pace even more so 
and we just couldn't touch the puck. Uh, every, everything we did was going, wasn't going right. And, uh, and then I just knew right at that second goal in the first shift after that second goal, I was like, it's going to be a three, nothing here really soon. They need to call a timeout. They need to slow this, slow this Toronto team down. And uh, especially with the electricity that they had in our building with all the fans there and how, how loud they were. Um, I thought you should have used the timeout there, especially to calm UPL down. Cause he was, he, he was noticeably rattled after those first two goals. So, um, uh, thankfully we can forget about that one though. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think Comrie was, a, was a bit of a surprise for me tonight. Um, he obviously hasn't played in a few weeks. I wasn't too surprised. No. Yeah. I, given what happened the other night, like I was, I was thinking maybe Anderson, uh, but after the Kings game, it's, you're, you're not as confident as, as you once were. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking potentially tomorrow Anderson, yeah. um, just given the, the back-to-back team's going to be tired. And that has the potential for a very similar type of game to the Leafs. They have yeah. so much skill. They're so fast. They can score three goals in a matter of two minutes. So a guy like Anderson, he played incredibly well against the Stars a few weeks ago in a very similar situation in the first period. Yep. So I would I would hope that Granado does that tomorrow. But moving forward, it's it's a question that you have to ask. I think there will be a little bit more clarity after this weekend. If you get three of three or four points in these next two games, you're obviously in a much better position than you are if you get yep. zero or four or even two or four. So I think, yeah, they will have a little bit better of an idea of what they need to do because the trade deadline I think is next Friday. So if you're in a position where you can actually make a legitimate run and the biggest weakness of your team, in my opinion, it's equally defense and goaltending, but a lot of people are going to say goaltending. You might need to make the move. You really might need yeah. to do it just as a stopgap for not only these next couple months, but maybe the next year and a half until Devin Levi is ready to go. So we'll see what happens. Yep. And uh, speaking of uh, another, I mean, not off topic, but, you know, I imagine the league has to address the Saranac elbow on a postal, right? That's that's a suspension. Like, yeah. that, like, absolutely. That was so blatant. That was as blatant of an elbow as you can. And it's not like accidental, like it grazed off his shoulder at him. And that was, he was looking at him when he mouth. did it. That was elbow to mouth. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dunleavy made a point like, yeah, obviously a little bit harder to see in, in, in real time speed, game motion, heated game, couple minutes left. But if you're an NHL ref, how do you miss that? They were, they were missing a lot the entire game. Um, I think – Tampa was playing – I know they're usually pretty dirty, but I feel like they were, like, particularly dirty tonight. Um, just really, really scummy in the corners. Uh, a lot of, like, Nick Paul. Like, what are you – cross-checking our best player in the back after a clean hit where he even turned his back on on the Tampa player that he hit. Um, I love how Nick Paul uh, crosses cross-checks Dallin in the back, like, skates toward the bench and, like, looks around and – act surprised that he got a penalty yeah after literally assaulting somebody um get out of here um but yeah i mean it was it was an unfair unfairly called game for the most part but no no it definitely was karma Um, karma has a way of speaking of nick paulo that's a guy i'd love to have on my hockey team god wouldn't everybody him colt uh, ross colton uh you know both those guys in your bottom six man like how much would that help this team right now Sorelli. I mean, Sorelli's top yeah. six, but a guy like that, like he's not too flashy, but he just does everything right. No. Yeah. Um, he plays a great 200 foot hockey game. And- yeah. It's, it's obviously, yeah. Another, another weakness that we've talked about many times before. And yeah. it's not going to be well, easily 
easily fixable. In the some names thrown out there. We'll talk about this, uh, you know, in the next episode. But uh, Joel Faraby, uh, Jordan Greenway, guys that have been rumored to be out there available on the trade block. I would I love, love Greenway. I would love Greenway. Jordan Greenway. Like people look at numbers like, why would you want this guy? Why wouldn't you want that guy? I'm Big pretty sure Ronato has some experience with him. Uh, yeah. Uh, coaching through the U.S. Development Program. Um, same thing with Faraby. They both came up through those ranks. Um, and I, I would love like to add both of those guys. I mean, even I think Faraby is a guy that who's young enough and he's fast enough and he's skilled enough that he could even be, you know, a good, a good guy to have on that second unit. Um, second power play unit and your second line, Jordan Greenway would add so much size that you need so much, like, you know, six foot three guys, a tank, um, and Farabee is, you know, he's kind of in the Tortorella doghouse in Philadelphia. But I think that uh, with the change of scenery, I mean, not everybody responds that w- as well as you'd like to a guy like, to a coach like John Tortorella. He's very in your face, very, you know, I mean, co- a lot of players seem to love him, but maybe Farabee is the type of guy that just needs a change of scenery and, you know, having experience with him. Maybe that's a hockey trade, like a legitimate hockey trade that the Sabres can make to make this team better now and in the future. And it probably wouldn't cost you a ton. No, no, it wouldn't. So I'm just, I'm just thinking like if the Sabres hypothetically were win tomorrow night and in the next week, make a trade, the absolute shot in the arm that would put into both the fan base and the locker room would be unlike anything the team has seen in a long time. Like me and my friend, were trying to think of like trades we've been excited about as Sabres fans. I was thinking like Dinah Zubris, Back in like 2006, like yep. Steve, Steve Bernier, um, the Camel trade. He was the return for the Camel trade. Yeah, I just there, there, there's just it's been so long. We've been sellers for 10 to 12 years now, and to finally take out the credit card, shop around, yeah. treat yourself, treat the fan base after all of this pain and suffering. Um, I think that would send yep the best type of signal. And we've talked about it for months, but to actually do it, to tangibly do it would would be unbelievable so i really i really do hope it happens i do too uh and again i mean defensively there are some names out there that are being shopped around um you saw dimitri orloff go to the boston bruins today and how about them they are their odds when the stanley cup before were 30 percent getting orloff believe it or not it bumps up to 33 or 34 percent like head team beforehand was n- un- unbelievable now they just added like a bona fide I'm not going to say a bona fide stud, but very good. As good of a defenseman as you can add near the deadline as you can in Dmitry Orlov. That's God, that team. That's, is just, that, that made an already scary blue line even scarier. That team is an absolute buzzsaw. They they exactly. know exactly what they need. They know how yep. they're going to get there. Anything can happen in the playoffs, but they are absolutely the odds on favorite. And <laughs> I'm just I'm just shuddering at the thought the Sabers scratching and clawing their way to the eight seed. To, play the Bruins in the first round. I love it. I love that. We don't, we don't need to think about that. Uh, in response to our, our talk about goaltending, it's like, or just get Timo Meyer and score seven tonight. I mean, honestly, yeah, that's honestly like that's an easier solution. <laughs> that's that's yeah. almost like given the way this team is built right now, <laughs> you're just going to have to outscore everybody, especially yeah. the East, like a team like Tampa, like our goaltending is not there. It's not going to be there for a while. The defense isn't there. The bottom six isn't there, but our top six is as good as anybody's. Yeah, we have the talent in the I wouldn't say top six. I say your top line. Yeah, our top our top one is as good yeah. as almost anybody. I'd say, I'd say, you know, if they could find the right players to play with cousins, your top six could be pretty lethal. But 
Um, there's just not enough consistency around Cousins to really justify saying your top six is as good as anybody else's. But, no, no, that's for sure. That's for sure. But you back to my that. point uh, earlier that I made about Nick Paul, you add a guy like Nick, not Nick Paul, but a guy like Nick Paul to play uh, that size and has that, you know, now he's not known to be a goal scorer, but he can, he's having a decent offensive output on a team like Tampa for the yeah. minutes he's playing. Like put a guy like that alongside like a Dylan Cousins, both of their size and the snarl they play with. That's a scary, that's a scary second line. It is. Um, and uh, I think you, if offensively, any trade that you make, improve your bottom six, but also find somebody to slot up there on your second unit. Like you have to. Hey, the hits were 42 to 42 tonight. I am all time. Well, that's what happens. Like someone surprised to see that against Toronto. You were getting against, I got a Toronto team. They are not an overly physical hockey team, but every time we tried to carry the puck into the zone, they were meeting us at the blue line. They were, they were, they were getting a piece of us. They, you know, they, they, they weren't letting us go into the zone unscathed and the Sabres folded. The Sabres yeah. folded. Which Any is like also like, we fold. That's not very emblematic of a your typical Toronto no. Maple Leafs team either. So they they knew they could just assert their will at any given moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of physicality is needed um, when you have the type of skill we do. The complement for that would would work in gel really really well. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, hey, faceoffs twenty nine twenty four Sabers tonight. Yeah, not often. Not often. It is not often you see the Sabers. <laughs> might have happened only a handful of times this entire yeah. season. Um, but yeah, I mean, we deserve to win that game. I, I feel like every, every, everybody could see it. Um, obviously, like you said, three, two goal leads can't keep happening. I think the slow starts are a big issue as well. I think it just yep. takes them a little bit, maybe just throwing a hit, like getting it, getting in on a good forecheck, laying a body, something to just get yourself in the game from the very get go. It doesn't happen often with this team and they just need to wake up a little bit quicker because, as, as easy as it is for them to get back in the game, uh, they know that when they're up that no lead is safe. So there's a, there's a lot of issues, but wins yeah. a win, and they're right there. So it's really from exciting. Our, from, our, from, our, from your best friend, Mauricio, we need a physical stay-at-home defenseman, a solid, reliable goaltender, and a two-way center man. Yep, I agree. I don't agree Comrie is a, a scrub. I think that uh, – Harsh. I, I think tonight is also a product outside of just, you know, you know, playing against a really high caliber Tampa Bay Lightning team. This is kind of what you get sometimes when you have a long stretch in between starts. You're going to, you know what I mean? Like, you just don't get that real game feel from practice. You know what I mean? Especially when you have three goaltenders sw- switching out, you know, throughout drills. I mean, me and you could probably attest to this. Like, when you're when you're when you're you know sharing the net as much as they are right now, you rotate it and out with three goalies. Um, it's hard to really stay in a rhythm. It just is, and I think they have to find their two guys here soon and ride them. Yeah, like, as, I mean, as, I as, no god. I read something today that Granado has obviously been listening to the leadership group, uh, the player leadership group, a lot this season, <laughs> and they specifically requested Oposo and the, and the leadership group that they keep all three guys on the roster when it, when it was an issue in early January. So that, I mean, it, it gives you a sense of where the team's mindset is at in terms of like how close they are and what they feel they have. But at the same time, like you said, if you're the coach, like it's clearly it's not, carry three goalies. If you it's make it's not playoffs. working, it's, it's not good enough. Exactly. No. So 
Yeah, they're going to have to pick two. It's yeah. likely, obviously, going to be UPL and Anderson. And yeah. I think as soon as something goes wrong. Is it, though? I mean, is it? I, feel is like, it? I, I, I really do believe it is. You, like, first off, you would have to waive Comrie then. I mean, you're, you're waving, you're or, waving or, or sneaky trade candidate in the next six days. Maybe. I, I mean, maybe. I, 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 I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that it's UPL. No, I mean, I don't either, but I, I mean, if I had to pick one, one of the three who's played the best this season over, over the entire sample size and has shown me the most, I would, I would pick looking in, I, I mean, in a heartbeat, um, Obviously, it's it's been a little bit rough here and there, but he was incredible against the Sharks the other night. We should have lost that game. Um, he I don't disagree with you. Stood on his I, head and, and won us that game. I just um, I just don't think there's no way Anderson is coming out. So it's between Comrie and UPL. Yeah, um, and, and then you, that's a clear choice for me. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I I, I I'm not I'm not trying to be a, an Air Comrie stand here. Yeah, but. Um, when, when, when UPL is great, he's great. When he's bad, he's really fucking bad. Um, so I think young, that next year, huh? he's a young goalie. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get that, but I feel like the upside is what they need at this point, because you're, you're going to get a steady hand from the 41 year old Anderson and yeah. you need a guy with a higher ceiling at this point. I feel like, yeah, like Comrie's floor may, maybe, maybe higher, but I think we need the higher ceiling. I really do. You hope so. I like I said. Um, I just seen the song and dance from UPL uh, going back even to last year, and I hope that he can just find a way mentally to stay in it. Um, yeah. That's the biggest thing. The athleticism is there. Um, he's proven at least to an extent he could stay healthy this year. <clears throat> even though he's been rotating in and out with three goalies, it's not like he's played a full season. Um, you know, so he still hasn't really shown us the ability to play a full season because of the three goalie rotation. But um, the the mental thing there is where I question what I question the most, and he needs to show mentally that he can stay and be consistent. And he hasn't really shown that yet in its entire journey. We'll see. For sure. Um, last five games against Tampa Bay Lightning, the former champs have scored a minimum five goals. Can't rely on consistently to score four, five, or six goals. I agree. Uh, Comrie plays ragged, hyper anxious. Um, again, it's hard, it's hard to judge him based off again, a week and a half, you know, almost two weeks worth of time off between starts. And then on top of that, um, it's been almost two weeks, right? Between starts, correct? For Comrie. Yeah, I think so. I, f- yeah. I forget. I and then forget. you're, you're being tossed into an away game against a, a team that's been in the state in the finals. What four the last five seasons. Yeah. So. That's a, that's a tough spot to be in. Again, I am not like, I'm not an Eric Comrie defender by any stretch of the means. Like I want whoever's going to give me the best chance to win. But he came up, but he came, he came up big when he needed to in overtime. Yes. The Sabers won the game. So, yep, that's all that matters. Yeah, you know, make the save when it counts. He came up with a save and um, you saves. I mean, not even even at the end of regulation. Well, that that no. that was a huge save. I mean, he 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 was reading that the whole way through. He anticipated that. He knew that's where the puck was going. Was that Kucherov who took that shot? I think so. Yeah, it was on the right yep, half. That spot. Yep. I mean, he was reading that the whole way. I mean, you you read that the way you read the the pass over to Thompson on the power play. Um, he knew that shot was coming, and he read it perfectly and made the save. Uh, made it look routine almost. And then again, he had four or five huge saves in overtime when we were shorthanded uh, before the uh, Labushkin goal. 
uh, there at the end. But uh, again, just he stayed square, square to everything, um, read the play, and it may, maybe he got lucky here and there. But at the same time, that's that's the position, right? Sometimes luck, a little bit of luck is involved. Uh, made some big saves, uh, and Labushkin ends it in storybook fashion. So, yeah. Uh, more from Paramat Pictures here. To beat Florida tomorrow, we need Tage to put Kachuk on his ass. I don't know if you want Tage doing that, but yeah, uh, let's let's just have like anybody else. Yeah, I don't, I don't want else. like I don't I don't need Tage to do anything different than he's already doing. He's clearly yeah. the best at what he does. So let's just let's keep him clean. I don't I don't want him to I don't want him to break a wrist. No, not at all. Um, also. Um, I need somebody other than Peyton Krebs, you know, when it comes push comes to shove the, the guy. But I was I was gonna bring up Krebs. His game as yeah. a whole is just it's amazing the the strides he's taken this season. I was telling uh, a few of my buddies like how good that trade looks right now. Uh Tuck is arguably better than Eichel. You get Krebs, you get a first round pick. Yep. I think it turned in I think it turned into Oslin. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Noah Oslin. That the first round went Savoy, Oslin Kulik. It's it's an absolute steal. <laughs> We're gonna look back on that trade and thank our lucky stars for for what Kevin Adams did. Yep. Um, but Krebs is the the no luck pass after taking a hit, uh, arguably a dirty hit into the boards, right to Jack Quinn, with a uncharacter uncharacteristically easy goal from Vasilevsky. Yep. Um, a little bit of a muffin, but yeah, I Krebs has just been amazing. Uh, an absolute revelation somewhere in your middle six. You can slot him in anywhere at this point. Yep. And you know, you know what you're going to get from him. So that's in- incredibly encouraging. And from a relatively small forward, too, everyone's saying we need all this size, we need this physicality. We do to a certain extent. But if you have a guy that learned to play like that on the fourth line is now translating that into meaningful minutes in your middle six, that's what you need to do. Middle stat theoretically could do it. He just doesn't. Olofsson doesn't. They're not going to. So yep. Krebs, is, Krebs is the standard. And uh, I'm just so unbelievably proud of the way he's played recently. Yeah. I've been calling it now. You know that now for weeks to get him to get more ice time, uh, give that kid more opportunity. He's earned it yeah. uh, down there playing with Doc Poso and Gergensen for most of the year ever since, you know, he started off as slow as he did. Um, and it's really shown in his game, uh, the snarl, um, the ability to, you know, play a better 200 foot hockey game. And now he's getting more opportunity offensively and it's showing the guy took a hit to make a pass there in the corner. And that was beautiful. Like that's what this team needs. You need, you, you need to dig more. You need like chip and chase. You know what I mean? Like you're as much as I'd love to see us play that high caliber Tampa Bay style hockey, where you're carrying, you're constantly just carrying the buck in the zone and setting up um, this, you need to play more chip and chase because we're just not that team yet. You know, I'd love to see guys like Darlene power and Tage, you know, consistently carry the puck in. But, you know, when you go, when you come up against teams and we showed it tonight, it wasn't all just, it wasn't all just carrying the puck in the zone. That play in particular, you know, uh, the first goal, um, I believe it was Ocposo, the captain made a huge play behind the net, caused a turnover and got that puck out to Darlene or to Jost, Jost to Darlene. And then Darlene sent it to the net and went off Gergensen. That's for a, a product of good for uh, establishing a good forecheck. Um, and it's happened a couple times over the last few games. Um, and when you do that, you establish a good forecheck. This team is going to score more goals. I mean, you are going to get the highlight real re, 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 highlight real goals that, especially early on in the season, we kind of grew accustomed to seeing. 
But in order to really be successful and make a run at this, you have to be playing better chip and chase hockey. And, uh, you know, a couple times tonight, they were able to do that and it led to goals. Yeah, I, I think the zone entries are a huge problem. Uh, even our best puck handlers, Tage and Cousins, they're really struggling it by trying to bring it into the zone themselves. Um, something about the setup, something about the entry, it's just not working for the most part. And you even see it on the power play. Uh, they, they like that little drop pass in the neutral zone and they try to carry it in and keep possession. And ideally you would. Like controlled zone entries are a big ticket item in the analytics community because you're not leaving it up to chance of whether you retain possession in the offensive zone. But if you are constantly banging your head against the wall trying to do the exact same thing, you need to switch it up. You need to j- dump it in, and you need a guy with momentum and speed going into the corners. And I think they're slowly learning that. They're slowly realizing that just forcing it into the offensive zone and trying to maintain possession is not working. So I, I hope that they establish some type of system, some type of educated game plan to continue to do that, because otherwise you're just going to be – clogged in the neutral zone as much as you have been. Agreed. Uh, more here from the peanut gallery, goaltending, goaltending. Yes, uh, we've, been, we've definitely covered that one um, from Rakeen Davis. I want Tom Wilson because the Sabres need some goons. I, mean, I, I don't love think I don't Tom think. Wilson. Tom Wilson. I love right. Tom Wilson on the Sabres. Tom Wilson's not going anywhere. I know he's not, but I would love Tom Wilson on the Sabres. Any, any, I mean, any, anybody like him, but he would just be cream of the crop. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what about bringing in someone like Luke Shen as a bottom part? I, I mean, I think if you bring in Luke Shen, he, he slots in your second pairing, in my opinion. Uh, I think you finally fixed that problem. I, I've been a big Luke Shen guy now for weeks as well. Uh, I would love Luke Shen. Uh, do you, do I what? I think you do, do I want Jordan Greenway? Uh, yes, we've already discussed that Jordan Greenway in our bottom six would be huge. Um, I'm trying to forget about the Toronto game because it felt like an away game. It was sad and depressing. Yep. It absolutely was moving on. (laughs) We don't need to rehash it. We've already been over that. Uh, Anderson should have started to get the Leafs. I am still mad about that today. Um, I actually agree with that. I think he has a great record against Toronto. I think he's always. I think he's played some of his best hockey over his career against the, the Maple Leafs, dating yeah. back to when he was with Ottawa. So I 100% agree with that. 100% agree with that. Um, yeah, they do. They they are extremely soft defensively. Um, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. They they need to figure that out. Um, third line should be new kids in the block. Paterka, Krebs, Quinn. Um, I wouldn't hate that. Um, and then do Olafson with with Olafson and Middlestad with Cousins. Yeah. I mean, that's again, you have to do everything you can to experiment with those bottom three lines because you should never touch the top line ever again. Just leave it alone. I mean, even that fourth line is, I mean, I really hope Okos is going to be okay. He seems like he is, but obviously his history with concussions is. is, Yeah, it's scary. It's like, and like, you got to think that every ref in the league, maybe, maybe they don't really know, but he's a well respected guy. He's the captain of the team. He talks to refs, he has a good relationship. For them to just like see that type of thing happen and just turn a blind eye, blind eye to it, it's really, really disappointing. Um, but yeah, that that fourth line, keep them together. They're the one consistent presence of physicality and forecheck that the Sabres have. And then those five guys besides Cousin, I think obviously like you're getting a lot more confident in Krebs, as we said, but 
it almost feels interchangeable at this point in terms of where that middle six is right now. And aside from Cousins, they're all pretty small. <laughs> so you're not going to get as much physicality as you want, and that's not going to change for a little bit. So yep. you just kind of have to live with it right now and outscore the other team like we did tonight. If you score more goals than they do, if you – you win if 100 trans- of the time. If, if, if your transition offense, I think that we saw tonight, that that two-line pass from Skinner to Thompson, the two-on-one, um, a lot of the Sabres' goal this season have come off transition offense, defense turning the offense very quickly because you can catch teams off guard. When you have that type of speed and you have that type of skill, you can turn to offense, defense and offense very quickly, and we saw that tonight. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, again, Next game, uh, being against Florida. Uh, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who's who you get in that Bobrovsky or Spencer Knight. Um, you roll these same lines, I would say so. I mean, like, like I said, like, how much are you going to change? Um, you, 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 your forward depth is what it is at this point. Like, you can never split up the top line again. You really shouldn't split up the fourth line and those middle two lines. You, you, live with it. You, you try to get some depth scoring here and there, and hopefully that they're at least a tiny bit responsible defensively. Because um, otherwise, it, it is what it is at this point. That's what yep. you see is what you're going to get. And, like, I, I can't express enough how crucial getting two points tomorrow I got from Florida is. The tough hockey team, um, I mean, they're loaded top to bottom from, you know, Barkoff to Sam Reinhardt, Matthew Kachuk. Uh, you know, uh, Ekblad, uh, you know, you want, you, you want player. I think they miss quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I think kind of like is the biggest, I mean, even more so, uh, Mackenzie Weger, they miss yeah. him a lot. For sure. I, I mean, he's probably, he really, you know, was a stable stay at home guy. Uh, and for a while there before the Ekblad injury, like that was probably the best pairing in the national hockey league was Ekblad and Weger. So, um, again, you know, you have to give something up to get something. Uh, they brought in Matthew Kachuk and signed him to a long-term extension, but they, they miss Uyghur a lot. And defensively, they have not been the same team as they had as they were last year with Uyghur. So, um, I, 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 again, I don't think it matters which goaltender you get in that tomorrow. Um, I imagine it'll be, uh, you know, going back to what you said, I think it'll be Craig Anderson tomorrow for Buffalo. I, I do. Um, that would make sense to me. Um, it's a big game, very, very big game. And I think you want your goaltender with the most experience and big moments in the net. Um, and it's nothing against Comrie. I mean, it's a back-to-back, so you wouldn't get Comrie. Uh, and it's nothing against UPL, but, you know, when push comes to shove, I want him to have the goalie in there that has the most big game experience, and that would be Craig Anderson. Yeah, absolutely. And he's going to need one of those stand-on-his-head-first periods, likely, the way the Sabres have come out of the game recently. But it is also the type of team in the Panthers that the Sabres can hopefully take advantage of defensively. They're they're not as strong as the Lightning are, who, aside from Vasilevsky, I mean, not great. But for the most part, they are pretty good um, in a lot of teams they've played recently. Um, but the, the Panthers, are, I think, are just like a little bit farther along than the Sabres are in terms of the type of team they are. They score a lot of goals, yep. they're very fast, very skilled. Their bottom six isn't isn't the best, and their defensive depth 
and goaltending isn't as good as some of the other top contenders in the league. And that's where they are, where they are fighting for a playoff spot right now. Yep. I don't think they ever thought they were going to be where they are, but that's where they are right now. So, yeah, I mean, take the over. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know what else I to would say. take the over tomorrow. Yeah, I just – it's going to be seven. Um, I, I saw the over tonight. And I was just like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's the type of game this team is going to play, even if it starts out slow. I think there were four goals scored in tonight's game in a matter of like three and a half minutes. Um, it is a breakneck pace um, with not a lot of defensive responsibility. Yeah. But it's entertaining. It's fun to watch. It's a lot better than it used to be. And I think we need to appreciate that a little bit more and not be as quick to rag on the goaltending, to rag on the defense. Like this team is fun. They're young. They're the youngest yeah. team in the league. They're the second highest scoring team in the league. They're exciting. They're <laughs> Yeah. Endearing. They love each other. We love them. Let's just get behind them as much as possible. Yeah. And I believe uh Craig Anderson's like uh full-time res full you know, full-time residence is down in Florida too. So he'll, <laughs> he'll probably be around family and stuff like that. You Makes know, sense for an old guy. Um I would I would expect that he would, you know, even more so to give him the start next next week again in front of his family, or tomorrow, sorry, in front of his family. And you know, when, you know, everything's up here, you know, in terms of attitude and, you know, happiness or whatever, take advantage of that as well. That's just me being a goalie thinking outside the box. I mean, he's like, he's your classic, like break glass in case of emergency type guy. Yep. That's the re that's the reason he's there. Like I like that. Analogy. 40, 40, 41 years old, seen everything in the league, seen every type of possible situation. Obviously he didn't, he didn't play well against the Kings the other night, but neither did the entire team it was it was a pretty brutal game to watch in person but um this is the exact type of situation that he's on this roster for it's partially why the sabers have three goalies because you can't really trust any of them completely so in this specific situation yeah i think they go to him and hopefully it works out for the best yeah um same here i just uh i i can't stress enough you know how much goaltending is going to matter tomorrow, you know, much like tonight, even if it's, um, even if it's again, a high scoring affair, you know, Comrie was the guy who made the saves when it counted tonight and that's the last he wasn't. And I think tomorrow it's going to be the same story. Um, it's going to be a high scoring affair, but when you need a save, when it counts, you hope that Anderson comes up big, much like the way Comrie did tonight. Um, Anyways, a uh, couple last things here before we get out of here. Uh, from Chris Johnson on Insider Trading, it says, the Flyers are willing to retain salary on JVR, and it makes it almost look certain that he'll be dealt by the deadline. Teams are looking to him to possibly be a secondary option if Timo Meyer doesn't work out. Teams like Winnipeg and Vegas, Carolina, are expected to be in on JVR if they cannot lure Timo Meyer, because uh, I'm not sure. He, I don't know. If, I don't think he has a no trade clause. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. An RFA sure. deal. Um, I, I don't know for sure, but yeah. um, very interesting. JVR, a very good hockey player. Um, definitely would help any of the, one of those teams going sure. into a playoff run for sure. And also, Rastis Dalian with a 61st point tonight has more points on the season than Austin Matthews and John Tavares. Nobody probably had that on their bingo card this year. I had uh, I actually had Rasmus Dahlin getting sixty four points on my bingo card uh, with a bet with my buddy for twenty bucks. So I'll probably get that by Monday. Um, yes, I agree. Um, probably will. 
Yeah, I mean, as we said, <laughs> like he's a, he's a bona fide superstar, uh, top two, top three Norris Trophy candidate, uh, completely coming into his own, everything we thought he would be, drafted number one overall five years ago. Um, obviously, like I think we can say pretty confidently, like he's not the best defensive defenseman in the league, and he doesn't need to be. But I think his defensive game has also taken incredible strides this season in terms of his defensive zone awareness and also his physicality. Um, even the hit he threw when he turned his back to the guy and then uh, Nick Paul assaulted him uh, 20 seconds later. He yep. throws his body around when he needs to. I don't want him doing it unnecessarily. Same with Tage Thompson. We don't need our superstars getting hurt because if one of them gets hurt, the season's over. So um, he's he's been so smart. He's been so unbelievably amazing in the playmaking aspect of the game. So, yeah, it's it's remarkable to watch. I agree. Uh, do you have anything else? Um, actually, I, I, before you, I did, I definitely did want to bring up the highlights of those goals real quick. So we'll run through those real fast before we get out of here, especially that electric overtime goal from Ilya Labushkin, uh, big time goal scorer. Uh, can't believe many. I, people I, still, I still can't believe it. I, yeah, I, I, I'd I have didn't to. even think he was going to create any separation, let alone get a shot on goal. Uh, I know. I know. Uh, it's really amazing. I, and it's just a little, little bit of a silver lining. Him coming from Toronto, having that game we did against the Toronto, against Toronto, and having the night we did tonight. It just the world that has a way of working itself out sometimes. Oh, for sure. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just um, one second here, trying to. Right there it is. Okay, we're gonna bring up all uh, six Sabers goals here, uh, starting with the first one from. Zemgis Gergensong. Uh, if everyone remembers the rap from some Latvian rap group uh, over in Latvia, of course. Latvian uh, Locomotive. Latvian Locomotive, yeah. Uh, they made a legit entire song about Zemgis Gergensen. Uh, you know, won't play that. Won't subject anybody to that. But uh, definitely, definitely, definitely uh, always fun when he scores a goal. Uh, long time, even, I think the longest even, tenured saber at this point. Next to even, uh, even if unintentional. Yeah, it was very, very, very unintentional. So, uh, we'll go over here. Do do do. Hold on, we'll bring that bad boy. Up. corner turns. I gotta see if I can turn down this audio. One second here. I don't want to get us in trouble for playing, uh, trying to find a way to not play the audio just because, uh, trying to find not play the audio just because we got in trouble for that one last time. Hmm. But, uh, let's see if we could. Goddamn copyright. Here we go. We'll do it. We'll just do it this way. So here we go with the first goal. As you can see, big four check there in the cornerback post. So kicks it out to Jost. Jost finds Dolly, then bakes it in right off of Gergitz and Skate. I don't even think, think he even knew at first that it went in off him. But uh, regardless, one nothing say, or tie game there for Buffalo after the early goal by Stamkos. Need a dirty goal. Need a dirty goal sometimes. Oh, they don't. Sure. All, they don't all have to be pretty. Just throw it on that for sure. And then we kick it over to the second goal for the Sabers. A Tage Thompson, beautiful goal. 
after Nick Paul took that penalty um, on the Darlene hit. Skinner with a beautiful pass over to uh, Tage Thompson. TNT scores his 30. I think that was his 37th of the season. Yeah. I was I was screaming at Skinner to shoot it. Uh, yep. I, I typically do on two-on-ones like that, but he waited as long as he possibly could and made an incredible pass. Agreed. And then here we go. Skinner to Tage again. Cross-ice pass up the middle. Again, where he where he kept the puck on his backhand to try and draw Vasilevsky over a little bit to keep him on his blocker side. Pulls it forehand with that reach and just buries it. Beautiful goal there. And you a, get a decent amount of Sabres fans in attendance tonight too, which is nice to see. They always yeah, I mean, well. they're all they're all in Florida for the winter, so that's, exactly. that's a nice little benefit. They always get a good turnout in the Florida games. Yeah. Here's where Peyton Krebs takes a hit in the corner. Fantastic. Gets the puck out to Quinn. Quinn, who's been very hot and cold, cold most of the time. But uh, tenth tenth goal of the year, double digits. We'll take it. Yeah, I will take it for sure. Quinn scores there, squeaks it, six hole on Vasilevsky between the arm and body. Again, look that at was like, that was like almost on the ice. Like he knows <laughs> he's about to get hit, gets it out to Quinn, takes the hit right into Vasilevsky, right through. Yeah, him. tough night for the big cat, but yep, we'll take it. I'll definitely take it. And then Tage Thompson, Mister Tommy Dangles. With a fucking beautiful assist from Sergachev there. Yeah. Like, I love the toe kick. Like the toe kick is my favorite part of this goal. It's the it's so, out there, the little toe kick. It's so slick. I yeah, mean, it is. You, you like it, it's the type of move when you're just on the ice, like fooling around with your friends. Yeah. Uh, just just like dangling, like his reach, his hands, his skill set. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. And I yeah. think that's why he's become such a viral sensation this season is because is. he right he, on. Right onto his stick. Yeah, I mean, but for the most part, he's always in the right place in the right time. He's always yep. looking for the opportunity, and that's that's a goal scorer's mentality. And then known clutch scorer, Mr. Ilya Labushkin. After, I guess you could call it a no call, even though I think Stamco sold it. Good. <laughs> they better not have called that. If they had called Anybody that. Anybody wants to there complain about that no call in overtime, let's talk about the Blatant elbow to Akposo's head before any of it because that that was blatant of a no to his jaw, and then a questionable call on uh, Yoki Haru. Uh, I mean, maybe not questionable in terms of the rule book, but that's not what that rule is intended for. It's it's for a defenseman wasting time by intentionally shooting it into the into the into the crowd, and that was just a deflection, which. Yeah, you know you can draw straws at that one, but a lot of fans are disappointed that goal didn't happen at home because they wanted to hear the Gummy Bear song. Each oh. player gets to choose their own uh their own goal. Oh, I and know a goal song. Everyone wanted to hear the Gummy Bear song, so I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not going to get bothered because I don't want to get I don't want to get yelled at by YouTube. I, play, I, I, think, I think we we would get sued for that one for sure. The yeah, gummy, the, gummy bear, the Gummy Bear boys would come after us. Um, but yeah, I mean, first goal is a saber. Yep. First goal of the year couldn't come at a better time. <laughs> Ilya Labushkin. Oh, gosh. Ilya Labushkin. Unbelievable. But win's a win. We'll see you tomorrow. Also, I do want to point out, too, that Victor Olsen was on the first power play unit tonight with Tate Johnson on the opposite side. And he had a pretty good opportunity opportunity on the left side there. And as we've seen many times before, that's basically the only thing he can consistently do well. Um, I just, like, I think that team's – would be able to figure that out though. Cause they figured out Tage for the most part, like 
it happens here and there where he eventually gets it into his wheelhouse and blasts one by the goalie. Um, but if we're just going to have Darlene as the quarterback and just go to each flank, you can just put two guys out there. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't hate them for trying it. I think. No, it's something we've talked about plenty of times on this show. Like yeah. it, it, you have that double headed monster on your first power play unit and you make, you make them respect both sides. You stretch it out and you open up the middle a little bit. Um, yeah. You just need a little bit more of a consistent presence in the middle. I, I agree. Um, yeah. Maybe that's where you have a guy like Dylan Cousins in the middle. Or, you know, I like I said, I'd love to see Peyton Krebs, you know, give, give him more opportunity. Give him an opportunity. We all know how feisty he can get, you know, in and around the net. So give him the, give him a shot out there. I don't know who, what it'll take. But um, with that being said, first off, shout out to Cricket Whistle 7. I know uh, he's been DMing me. Uh, I guess he can't – he hasn't been able to uh, – get his subscription with our channel on YouTube to work. So hopefully get that figured out soon. But he is the one that wanted me to bring up the Victor Olofsson on the first power play unit, because we, you know, every time they roll him out and they roll that first unit out and Olofsson's not on it. You know, he is the one of the first guys in my DMS losing his mind. And I tend to agree. So uh, with that being said, uh, this has been, I'll hang up and listen brought to you by outlet liquor. The place to buy a case over on Georgia Boulevard Sabres win six to five in overtime off of a Tage Thompson hat trick and an Ilya Labushkin overtime short and a breakaway goal uh, beauty by by the big cat Vasileski. Uh again, uh, huge two points in the standings uh, as they are on a war path. Once again, to the playoffs, uh, I am Dwayne Steinel for Connor Hurley. Oh, two goalies, one Mike. We will talk to you later. I'll hang up and listen, and let's go Sabres. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now, you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests the blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel Begins Friday, September 23rd. Hi, 
I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favourite podcast app.